Welcome to Teach 'em Up, the podcast about teaching and learning. Today, we are sitting down with Mr. Corey Boyd, health teacher and varsity football coach here at San Marin High School. Corey, what's good? Not much. Well, I mean, oh, you got me. I got Everything you. is good. It's finals week right now. And, right, um, off, right off the bat, I can Right off the you. bat. Jeez, oh, peace. Uh, I was not cut out for the celebrity life, apparently. Um, so what's good is uh, it's finals week, and uh, things are going well. Impressed so far with what my students have produced, and uh, looking forward to winter break to refresh a little bit and uh, get ready for next uh, semester and football season as well. So Nice. You yeah. know football season doesn't start for like another eight months. Well, that's where you're wrong there, kiddo, because oh. uh, uh, football season doesn't end. Oh, dear. No, it's not a... That sounds tiring. It's not a thing. Uh, it can be. There's parts of it that can be a grind um, and are just like, oh, my gosh, can we just be playing right now? But, uh, you know, every, everything is everything. It's all important, even though parts of it can be a little bit boring, but... I agree. I we are recording this in late December when our students are taking finals. We're going to release it in uh, mid January. Cool. Uh, but finals week is great. Yes. I mean, it's stressful and challenging. Yes. And there's a lot of anxiety for students. But I was thrilled with the quality of presentations that my kids were given yesterday, and they took mm-hmm. their final today, and I think they rocked it. Yeah. And it was like challenging, rigorous data analysis. Oh, that's great. Uh, and they all seem to be able to do it. So I am pretty <laughs> pleased with the quality good, of learning. Good job, you. Yeah. yeah. Good job, me. Good job, them. Yeah. We've all worked hard together, and that's I think great. we're we're reaping the rewards of that now. Yeah, and I'm kind of going through something similar right. Right now, so the last, um, you know, this is my fourth year here at San Marin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first year, uh, I did not have a final project. I kind of spun on it for two, three semesters, uh-huh. and then um, the spring semester of my second year, I just kind of, I was just like, let's go, let's, you know, we'll do it live. And I kind of had a, a partially formed idea and just threw it out to my students, and uh, I was just floored with what some of my students came up with. The, the premise, the name of the assignment is make a cool thing. And um, <laughs> they, they, they're, yeah, they're tasked. Well, that's the thing is I didn't want it to be specific, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of one of those things where as a, as an educator, you know, you always have those students who are like, just tell me exactly what to do and I will hit every single checkbox, uh-huh. right? And, that and is, I wanted to kind of... I, I, underst- I understand the desire yeah. to make it like super obvious, yeah. but it's also super frustrating as a teacher. Yeah. Because it's like, look, just, just do give the me, thing. Give me your best work. Exactly. Yeah. Show me what you know. So I really wanted to open that best work Pandora's box because uh-huh. um, we, we do cover a lot of things that students find uh, fascinating, you know, yeah. in, in an academic environment as a, in their semester of health. So I kind of wanted to tap into that, tap into what the students are interested in themselves, like hobbies or whatever they may have and, mm-hmm. and figure out you know, how the, how the twain shall meet, you know, and how, how we can bring those things together um, and kind of allow them. I think it would it kind of was an assignment that had built in um, ownership. Yeah. Right. So my idea was more or less an art project. I gave them some examples. Oh, you can make a collage, a poster, write some poems, mm-hmm. do a skit, make a video, like what, you know, the music classics. video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I had a bunch of students do that. Yeah. And which was great. And they hit all the notes, even nice. though they kind of maybe struggled a little bit. Like, so it, if I do this, how is it, you know, like, it, like, yeah, do it. Like, is that, do you think that's going to be a cool thing? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let go. Um, and then I had kids just think really far outside of the box as individuals or in small groups. Uh-huh. Here's what we're thinking, Mr. Boyd. Could we do, and I would just go, do it. Nice. Do it. I want to see it now. You've, you've. Your cat's out of the bag. I'm Peaks excited. my interest. Exactly. Okay, so what kind of cool things are you getting? Okay. So I think the the, be- the first best one, which has kind of uh, uh, caused some copycatage, mm. was uh, I had a, a group of students. They baked a, a oval cake, so an oval-shaped cake. Right. And then decorated it really, like, really well yeah. as, a, as a vulva. And then they oh. they put all of the like they put little toothpicks with flags uh-huh. with all the parts yeah right which yeah. is you know i mean we learn about that right and they're like can we do this and i was like go for it yeah so there was a group of, i think three three students and they detailed the like how they got the idea and then yeah. they went into a little bit of how they baked the cake and how they like what techniques they used to like frost oh. it and like 
I was like, this is A plus. This is fantastic. Yeah. That's, we, a, that's a cool thing. We used to do a, a similar project in biology where we yeah. make an edible model of one of the organ systems. That's awesome. Yeah. But you have to be uh, very, very careful about which group got the reproductive system. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, you imagine. end up with too many penis cakes. Yeah, way too many penis You just penis don't cakes, need that yeah. many penis cakes in your life. Yeah. The, the, the over under on number of penis cakes is the, somewhere around like, a, what, three quarters of a penis cake? Like yeah. how many you need? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 0.5. 0.5 lifetime. Yeah. We're talking lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good lord! I can I can imagine that one getting off the rails pretty fast. But um, yeah, so that was kind of you know, and then I would mention stuff, and then we had uh, my my personal favorite, but it's hard to ex- execute mm-hmm. is the the parody music video. Um, I show some kind of uh, food based music videos to my students, mm-hmm. uh, kind of after our nutrition unit. One's just a song about broccoli. It's basically just a love song about like the actual vegetable broccoli. Right. Um, and then the do other, they, which, which I've... Do they do it to the tune of broccoli? The, the rap song? Little Dram? They do not. No. They do not. It's dram? A, regular Dram? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. D-R-A-M? I think it's just Dram. Yeah. Okay. Regular Dram. But, uh, and then, uh, and I've shared this video with you, the the Appetite for Change, the the Grow mm, Food yeah, rap yeah, yeah. video, right? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. these teenagers rapping about Love making their own food. Oh my goodness. Same amazing. crew that did Hot, t- hot Cheetos and Takis, right? I think it, different... I think, I think same era. Okay. Um, they do definitely shout out Hot Cheetos and Takis yeah. in the song. Oh, okay. Not 100% sure it's the same group, but yeah. just, I mean, and, it, and it's fire. It's a great, it's a great rap song. Yeah. And I tell the kids that ahead of time. It's like, this is great. It's going to get stuck in your head and you're welcome. And they're like, yeah, yeah. whatever. And then they're like, walking out of the classroom like singing the refrain so nice and anyway, so i do that and then i refer back to it like that's a you know those are original songs you can do a parody song and right. I explain parody to them you know you take a song that's already established change the words to fit a different subject a couple um, of years ago there was a pretty clean uh this is arugula yes that's what right? i was building up oh, to okay. yeah Sorry, so i, I had to steal your thunder oh it's uh, take it it's a, it's our thunder right that's how communities work True. um so yeah, so I had when um, Childish Gambino's "This Is America" was was absolutely blowing up and was a phenomenon, and people mm-hmm. are getting into like deep analysis of the video and what when something's happening in the video with this lyric and how he's dancing and the way his face looks. And, uh, mm-hmm. Right, I had I had two boys do a, a a pretty amazing parody of it to to "This Is Arugula." about the importance of incorporating uh, fruits and veggies into your diet. And it was just, you know. Strong. It was, it was strong. Yeah. It, was, it was strong. So it's, um, it's pretty impressive. I've had kids code video games, you know, yeah, things like that, using just like really basic coding websites. Oh, that's sweet. Because um, they have a, like a week yeah. from the time I introduce the project to the time they have to present it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so not, not anything super advanced, but I've had kids put together Jeopardy games. I've had kids try their hand at, uh, just doing a presentation, uh-huh. um, you know. I decided like I was really interested in this subject, so I wanted to go a little deeper. So they put together a PowerPoint and nice. they basically do their me impression. Uh-huh. You know, like do some background research. Yeah, and... they get to use the clicker on my oh, on yeah. my uh, PowerPoint and all that. So um, board games, mm-hmm. people make clothing, dioramas, sculptures. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, perform music. Uh, last last semester, I had a, a band. Kids who were in, into playing like uh-huh. like rock music. Yeah. Um, they did live in in class in my class a live cover of the song "Date Rape" by Sublime. Whoa! Like live in class. Nice, right? And it was it was rocking. And I was just did this they change is... the lyrics or it was, no? They did no, not. It was just straight up. Yeah, because they they felt rape, it was important. It was a, yeah, yeah, that's a health topic. It, it it is definitely something that we cover in the health curriculum. So nice. they were um, uh, they talked a little bit about it and why they chose it and and referenced some things that they learned in class and then did the performance and it was uh, it rocked it was pretty cool so, nice so yeah so I'm having fun with that um, so far I've had uh, two finals and uh, it's been some pretty uh, I've been very pleased good yeah nothing okay, so that, nothing legendary crazy standout yet right. but uh, very 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 happy with nice just uh, it's always nice and and I'm, and I'm sure you can identify with this when you know you lay it out mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's ambiguous on purpose. It's a little vague on purpose. And after trying to get you to, to just tell them exactly what to do, they just go, oh, and they just do something. Yeah. Right? And it ends up being a pretty good something. So yeah. it's always kind of nice to see that. I feel like see that, anytime so. that you have opportunities for students to take ownership of their work, yeah. and they actually take advantage of those opportunities, oh, and then really end up learning something, yeah. that's a huge win. Uh, yeah. big, big positive teaching moment. Absolutely. Okay, which segues nicely into... What exactly is the health curriculum now? Well, what because is the health curriculum? I like I remember going I feel like this is thematic yeah. through many of my classes, yeah. but like I took health in high school. Yeah. Ours was I think like a six week unit as part of PE. Yeah. It was a little throw in there. Yeah. And it was mostly like 
here's some super awkward stuff yeah. about sex, <laughs> sex ed. My, and also, don't do steroids. Yeah. And all right, let's go back and play some, uh, some softball. Some, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I took took that away. Don't yeah. do drugs. Don't do steroids. Yeah. And don't have sex. Yeah. Um, so the health the, curriculum. I, so I, it feels like it's updated just a touch. It has been, you know, and it's and it's it's kind of exciting in that sense. So for. Uh, I mean, just looking at the the framework, some of which have been kind of uh, adjusted to much debate recently. But then the the actual standards, yeah, um, for that that the Department of Ed gives us, um, pretty strong, and they're 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 pretty important things for teenagers to be taught directly in an academic setting. Um, one thing that I take super seriously is to make sure everything is accurate, fact based, uh, medically accurate, scientifically accurate, mm-hmm. uh, non judgmental. Yep. Um, this is not a class for me to tell them how I think they should live. And I kind of tell them as much early on in the semester. I don't want to be uh, another adult who wags a finger at you and says, don't, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so let's let's get real and let me tell you like these are things these are scenarios you may face in your life and you need to be prepared to uh, make decisions and then we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what are the facts that you need as a young person to make choices that you can own and that can uh, lead to a, a healthy life. You know all the things that that may mean. So uh, we we cover we do full units on mental health. Nice. Um, you know defining mental illness, understanding and destigmatizing mental illness, um, and what to do about those things. And then what yeah. is mental health on I've, the other side of that? And, yeah, I've noticed that that yeah. is becoming a more and more relevant uh, piece of our teenagers' lives. Absolutely, it is. Um, yeah. I guess it's always been a relevant part of teenagers' yeah. lives, but we are now able, able to talk to about it speak much to it more clearly. Bit. Yes, absolutely. And then um, uh, drugs, you know, we always have the, the drug unit, yep. uh, which is always just an absolute uh, trip. Uh, it's one of my favorites because, uh, nice pun. yeah, I, I didn't even, I, was, I just, I'm that funny naturally. All right. Um, <sighs> hashtag the daddening. Um, so, you know, that one's always fun because uh, we, we get into some conversations about, you know, stereotypes and, and all these things. And just it's, I learn a lot about current generations from from teaching, you know, mm-hmm. I believe it was uh, Eugene de Couverte UNESCO who said, "As a teacher by my students, I am taught." Um, here's a nugget for you. That's a nice one. Um, yes, uh, so I, I learn a ton from the drug unit, and then also the there's a couple of, of activities we do in the sex ed unit where I learn a lot of slang too, which mm. is kind of fun. But yes, yeah, so we talk about drugs. You learn and, a ton from the drug unit in terms of like what is relevant right now. Yeah, what's relevant? What's what's realistic? Because uh-huh. um, you you always it's the one thing I'm always afraid of. My, my older sister always jokes with me. She'll send me like, uh, you know, gifts of uh, basically any high school health teacher from like a teen movie. Yeah. And, and how are they? It's always the, some coach or some PE teacher yeah. who's super uncomfortable, doesn't want to do it, has to do it. Uh-huh. And my, the, the, the classic one that we always joke about is um, how it's portrayed in uh, Mean Girls, in the movie Mean mm. Girls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die. Right now, here, take some condoms. Right, that's the that, that's the scene in the movie. Right, and then later on, it comes back to him and he says, "Don't get, don't have sex, or you will get chlamydia and die." Right, and you know, right. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to, uh-huh. I don't want to be the Charlie Brown right. teacher. Right, but or you brown, do want to make brown, sure brown. that they have accurate information, exactly, so that they can make choices to not get chlamydia, exactly, and to not get pregnant until they would like to get pregnant, exactly. And then, what if you do get pregnant when you didn't expect to be? Like, what, like, what do we, what do we do then? Like, right. what are we allowed to do? What's, what are we capable of doing? And how do we make those choices and, mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things? So. Um, yeah, so, okay, and then, so, and then so nutrition's in there, too. Okay, go, okay. Shout out to nutrition. All right, Follow. so you've gone through mental health. Mental health. Uh, drug unit. Drug unit. Uh, just on that drug unit, like the stuff that scares me the most mm. is the stuff that feels like it could be immediately deadly. Yeah. Uh, pills yes. seem like they are easy to access or Absolutely, more and more yeah. easily to a- easy to access. Absolutely, yes. And super dangerous. Yeah. Like really easy to overdose on. Absolutely. Um, does, is that accurate? Is Yes, absolutely. And then uh, it's, um, you know, statistically, it's starting to to drop a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Uh, The last time I checked about maybe two months ago, but it's still a significant issue, especially in areas of affluence where, you know, and then it's also a thing that, and again, this is another, you know, on top of understanding how to communicate and make choices. The, another big thing is, is media consumption. Yeah. That kind of is throughout the entire uh, semester that I have my kids, um, each set of students is being a savvy media consumer, right? Uh, and being aware of not just absorbing the culture of the media you consume, 
um, without being critical of what's important in that culture. And is that real? Does that really match my values and beliefs? Is that really who I think I am at the end of the day? Or am I trying to be something that I might not actually be? Right. And I feel like um, a prescription pill abuse is something that is typically glorified by, you know, the quote unquote SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. Um, even in their performing names, you know, Especially like Xanax. Lil Xan, yeah, Lil exactly. Zan, Papa, and, Papa uh, Zan. Oh, who just. Juice World. Juice World. Yeah, Juice World just died. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's related to that. And I actually saw some backlash from kind of more veteran rappers um, kind of saying, like, we need to stop glorifying this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be sad that we lost an artist. Yeah. But at the same time, like, how can we move forward being smart about how we're educating the youth and the next generation of, of, of musicians and rappers and performers? Right. You know? uh, which I thought was actually kind of uh, heartening. Yeah. Opposite of disheartening, right? Yeah. Um, encouraging. No, that was the I, word I was looking for. Yeah, and I, yeah. I only bring that up because I choose not to use any illegal drugs. Yeah. Um, and really, I choose not to use legal drugs either. Yeah. I guess I use some caffeine. Yeah. I use quite a bit of caffeine. Well, I'm all over that caffeine. Um, but in terms of, there, I think there is certainly a gradient. Yeah. And the pills seem the scariest to me. Yeah, absolutely. Just in terms of they can be immediately deadly. Absolutely. Yeah, because um, some, somebody like, says, hey, I got these pills you want to take some at a, at right. a party. And they tell you they're one thing, but they're wrong. Like yeah. it doesn't change chemistry. It right. doesn't I would also love undo. Our, yeah. I mean, I'd love our students not to use weed or THC. Yeah. But I think the chance of overdosing on that is much lower. Yeah. Uh, and so, so there's a... Zero, zero overdose, overdose deaths on, right. on marijuana. So, yeah, so. Uh, you know, I would feel safer yeah. with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing we have to talk about. And even that still, word... still not great. Safer. Yeah. Still not still right? not a good choice. I use a, a pretty uh, pretty out there analogy sometimes when we talk about safer alternatives to some of these behaviors. And it's, you know, if if I, if you had to choose, someone's going to, you know, shoot you in the face once or five times, which would you choose? I mean, does it really matter? Yeah. You know, we're talking point blank range here, right? You're, you're, you're done. Both, like, you're not going to survive either of yeah. those. So, but one's clearly probably safer. Yeah. Right. So it's like that's that er at the end that mm-hmm. you know just kind of you get, have to be aware of. Can get tricky. Yeah. Through the '80s. Oh, everybody knows smoking is bad for you. Here's uh-huh. some smokeless tobacco. Ah. It's a safer alternative to smoking cigarettes because everybody knows cigarettes are bad for you. Right. Right. And then uh, you know you get your jaw removed because you got bone cancer in your jaw. But right. The, the Marlboro Man said that it was the best type of chew, and mm-hmm. all your your favorite major league baseball player was on a commercial selling it to you, and all this stuff right. through the '80s. And now we're shifting. Um, and to now we're shifting to vaping products. Vaping, yes, because uh, it's which safer. Is safer again, because everybody knows cigarettes are bad for you. Right, cigarettes are bad. Dip is bad. Yeah. Chewing tobacco is bad. But so this is this isn't safer. smoke. You're not smoking anything. It's just it's just it's just water vapor. I'm gonna stop you right there. Uh, for it to I, be I water vapor, I wasn't saying yeah, anything. I know. This is all your monologue. <laughs> Uh, for it to be water vapor, it has to be water, mm. and it is not. It's, not. it's a it's a it's a flavored liquid that's that's uh, high in nicotine, and then uh, you also have some propylene glycol in there so that it can flash vaporize. Mm. Right, you have a heating element uh, element that that uh, is able to very quickly heat the thing up so that it, it'll vaporize, so you can actually inhale what you're trying to inhale, and. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I kind of build up to that in class sometimes. And I'll, when I finally let the other shoe drop, you know, you see a couple of kids' faces go white. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, man. You know, and it's like, you know, yeah, hey. And then another thing we talk about is not being ashamed of our own choices. Right. right? So it's like if you've made a bad choice because you didn't have all the information, you can make different choices moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's totally acceptable. And dare I say, healthy to do that. Huh. You know, like self-reflection is. Yeah. Is uh, the route to best knowledge. And, and a sign of intelligence that yeah. you can change your mind based on new information. Yeah, be like, wow, I really messed that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's especially relevant for our students. Yeah. Uh, because we definitely have a problem with vaping among we do. our student population. We absolutely do. Uh, so it would be wonderful to give them enough information so that they can make informed choices yeah. and hopefully make different choices exactly. about choosing to vape or not. Well, actually about choosing to vape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. they're making a choice not to vape, that's well, a great choice. Keep making be, that choice. To, and, and again, just you know, to, be, to be fair, to be fair. You know, I, I work really hard to make sure that um, we're not being, you know, we talk about suspension of judgment a lot. Yeah, you yeah. Know, if somebody chose to vape, uh, they, they chose it for whatever reasons they chose, right? So mm-hmm. we talk about the, the decision to use drugs or not use drugs is kind of really unique to each individual. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a choice that they have to figure out to make or not. Ideally, they're going to be making that choice with, uh, with a, a broad base of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the com- communication component 
um, in terms of the curriculum comes into play, right? If, if we can learn how to be an effective communicator, develop, continually develop and be critical of our own values and beliefs, and we can communicate those things to other people and use those to help motivate our own choices and decisions, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be on the, half, uh, on the path to, uh, to, to long-term health, right? yeah. even if we do make some mistakes. Yeah. You know? and, that's, and that's huge because yeah. we already, I mean, data shows that abstinence-only education. Oh, jeez. I in, talk about that. I specifically any, talk about that. any yeah. context, yeah. drugs, sex, whatever, yeah. does not work and is no, not effective. Not. And, and uh, scare tactics are not very effective And so either. you're, no, they're not. So yeah. you're going to win more flies with honey than with vinegar. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you got to phrase it in a way that lets students take ownership of those choices yeah. and then help them make choices that are going to be positive ones for them for a long term. Absolutely. Nice. And then, you know, sneak it in the back door that if you, if you do make a choice that maybe you're not so proud of. You can um, always change that you choice. Can always change it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So you've hit drug unit. Yep. We've hit uh, whatever we started with. <laughs> what was the first one? Uh, not, mental health. Mental health. Yeah. Thank you. Mental health, drugs. You mentioned nutrition. Nutrition. Yeah. Okay. That's the order we go in. And then Lovely. We, and I'll then just, I'll throw digital citizenship out there too. I'm starting oh, adding yeah. a, a mini unit. Okay. A little one weeker. Yeah. Digital um, citizenship that then pushes into sex well, ed. I typically go. So last year I did digital citizenship at the end uh-huh. um, before sex ed. And then this year I actually did it after mental health ah. before the drug unit. So I just I wanted to get it in early. So I'll it's probably continue. It seems like digital citizenship is relevant for all yeah, of those. Yeah, exactly. It's so that's that's why I'm thinking health. earlier. It's relevant for sex, yeah. sex ed yes. and sexual decisions. Absolutely. It's relevant probably for drug use as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I'm I'm probably going to start moving that earlier. I was toying around with maybe ha- opening with it just because it's an easy, mm-hmm. not easy, but it's a, it's a less curriculum. It's about a week of curriculum, yeah. three four lessons. You know. Yeah. Um, so I may start moving that earlier, but yeah, it's things like, uh, verifying sources, understanding like, uh, cyberbullying and, and, you know, what constitutes that, what constitutes on- online harassment, how to protect yourself from it, you know, how to be a upstander, not a bystander mm-hmm. in scenarios like that, all that kind of stuff. So nice. Yeah, I may start working that earlier. And I think the positive thing is like the way that you address all of those, to- it's not necessarily the topic that you're addressing, yeah. but the way in which you address it. Yeah. I've heard so many positive things about health class, Aww. which is just not a thing that I would expect expect to hear it's a good curriculum it is yeah um i mean because you've made it accessible to kids and made it feel relevant to their lives thanks uh because traditionally it's not like people are like oh i know i learned a lot in my health class (laughs) um but our kids tend to actually come back to class and be like no mr boyd's class was great like it really made me think about things in a different way that's good i was like wow that's exactly what we want yeah that's wonderful thinking thing that's good Yeah. yeah okay so shifting gears just a little bit, yeah. teaching health is yes. your full-time job. Full-time job. Uh, you do, however, have other roles on campus. I do. Uh, one of those big ones is as head varsity or co-head coach yeah, co-head for coach. our varsity football team. Yes. Um, all right. So just full disclosure, this is probably one of my least popular opinions. Okay. I'm out on football. Yeah. Uh, and as a health teacher, yes. it feels like there's a dichotomy there. Between can, yeah, can the football that. component uh-huh. and the positive uh, health, mental health component. Yes, uh, I I went out. I was a big football fan. Yeah, and then when my son was born, yeah, he is now five. Yeah, uh, I realized that like I don't think I'd let him play. Yeah, because of the head trauma component. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's a way to take the head trauma out of the game. You can certainly minimize it. Yeah. Uh, and then when I made that choice, I was like, oh no. <laughs> If I'm not letting him play it because of the head trauma, I I don't know that I can watch other people play it professionally on television yeah. that feels hypocritical. Yeah. Um, so that's a personal choice that I've made. Yeah. With that said, having observed your football program, I'd kind of really our. like him. Our yeah. football program. Thank you. You You're and your co-coaches and our community's yes. football program. Yes. Uh, I'd kind of really like him to be a part of that program yeah. because you're setting a really positive atmosphere mm-hmm. and uh, a strong community. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's an interesting dichotomy there yeah. between my, it, my concern. Parenting's a trip. Parenting huh? is a trip, man. Yeah. So my, my concern <laughs> about uh, he, you know, head trauma yes. specifically. Absolutely. And then the positive community aspects mm. that I think a football program can bring. Yeah. Does that go through your head at all? 
Absolutely. I mean, okay. and so how, how do you balance <clears throat> those things? So um, just a little background on myself as a player. Um, I resisted football for a long time. I was super into soccer. Um, I found uh, wrestling. It was the 92 Olympics. Uh, Bruce Baumgartner, who was the American heavyweight in freestyle wrestling, his uh, gold medal match was on TV. I was a big fan of WW, uh, WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. WWE drove to, much to my dad's chagrin. And he was like, that's not real wrestling. He would just lose it every single time I would want to watch uh, you know, the performance-based wrestling. He's mm-hmm. like, no, wrestling's supposed to be a real sport. And so finally, in 1992, this, this wrestling match is on TV. And he calls me in from... What I was playing Zelda or something, I don't know. And I said, come watch this, come watch this. And I come running in there, and I'm like, what is this? And these two, like, just jacked behemoth athletes are, like, just grappling with each other and throwing each other and diving at each other's legs. I was like, what is this? He's like, this is actually wrestling. Like, this is the real sport of wrestling. Uh Uh-huh. What? Um, And I was like, can I do that? And they was like, yeah, absolutely. So I actually started going to wrestling practice at Terrellinda High School when I was in, like, seventh grade. Oh, nice. Sixth or seventh grade, yeah, like once or twice a week in between CYO basketball practices. So going into high school, you know, like so I did uh, youth uh, uh, soccer, uh, basketball, baseball, right, the big three. So yep. I did all of those all the way through uh, eighth grade. I'm going into high school. So fall of, I want to say 1995. So summer, summer of 1995. Going into high school, I'm thinking to myself, um, I don't know what I'm going to do in the fall. Terralinda High School's soccer program at the time was ranked uh, both nationally and in the state. Oh, wow. Um, my pudgy little me, you know, all, you know, I was 5'10", 175 as a high school freshman, right? So okay. lanky and awkwardly built. Uh, I'll try out. I probably won't make it, but I'll give it the college try. And I'll just get ready to do, to do wrestling. I knew I was going to wrestle. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to play basketball. I knew I was going to wrestle. It's really all I was interested in doing in high school. Then I figured I'd play baseball uh, as well because my dad loves baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, so going into 1995, uh, numbers for football across Marin County were, were up, were mm-hmm. way up. Um, so they brought back uh, the freshman-only level of football at the time. So prior to that, it was just frost off and varsity. They went back to freshman, junior varsity, and varsity yep. going into my freshman year. So my dad, who has been trying to get me to play football, it's weird how dads know this stuff. You knew I would love it. And mm-hmm. I just, I didn't ever wanted to do it because all the kids who like bullied me were all football players and I didn't mm-hmm. want to be around them. Mm-hmm. I already got picked on by my teammates for all my other sports, right? I didn't need, I didn't need extra stuff with this sport that I guess looked kind of cool and had cool equipment, but made no sense to me when my dad tried to explain it to me. Um, he basically begged me when he found out that there was freshman football. He's like, look, they're, they're not even doing any football stuff. It's just weight room stuff, which you're already kind of into already. Um, can I just drop you off at a weightlifting session for football, meet the coaches? You don't even have to do anything. Stand in the corner for two hours, and I'll pick you up, and you'll tell me you didn't like it, and I'll never bother you again, right? Okay, fine. So I go, and immediately I get there, this giant senior, incoming senior, who was, ended up being lineman of the year that year, uh, puts his arm around me and goes, hey. You know, and he knew my sister because my sister was going into her senior year. You're, you're Molina's little brother. Yeah, he's like, okay, here, cool. Let me show you everything. And like, and the coaches were like, oh, you're huge. And I had, I had never in my life heard that inflection on such a, such a phrase, right? It's, it's normal. Like, as, oh, as a positive yeah, thing. I was like, it's like oh, oh, my, this is, this is kind of cool. Okay, I'm going to stick with this. So did it, loved it. I went all through the summer to all the weight training sessions. And then I distinctly remember, it's like one of my clearest memories from my teenage years, um, gear handout day, when I got to take home my, my shoulder pads and my leg pads and my helmet and all that stuff um, for the first time. And I remember like, I was like, I like took it all into the bathroom when I got home and like put it on in the mirror and was like looking at myself in the mirror and it was just like I just I felt like I was like ten feet tall, like three hundred and fifty pounds, right? Mm-hmm. I just I felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Just, this is great. Uh, keep in mind, I had not played a down of football at this point to date, right? But you looked uh, at it. But I looked cool, right? Yeah, it looked, looked so good. cool, right? It Everything was good. like snug and like rad looking, and like as a as a pudgy like like sci fi fantasy Dungeons and Dragons playing. A video game obsessed mm-hmm. nerdy kid it was like this is like transference of this like all these like tank style warrior characters that i love playing games of yep now i get to actually try to be that in real life so that was kind of a, a real thing anyways so i started playing football my freshman year in high school immediately fell in love with it had no idea how the game worked until like two games into my sophomore year um like literally it was just like a in a, in a this crazy awakening, like my, my brain just like opened at one point in the middle of a game. Yeah. Right. It's like my freshman year, I started every game at right tackle, 
had no clue what I was doing, uh-huh. right? It's like, you know, we would not convert a third down and, like, have to come off the field. I'd have to come off the field for the punt team to go punt. And I'd be, like, going back to the huddle, and they're like, go, go, lead, like, get off the field. <laughs> I'm like, what? oh, right, okay. Like, no idea why, but I just trusted them to tell me when right. I should go on and go off. Yeah. And then, like, two games into my, my sophomore year, it was just like, oh, downs. Oh, like I just, and I just got it. Uh-huh. And that was kind of a watershed too. But anyway, so I didn't start playing until my freshman year in high school. I was a lineman my entire career, both uh-huh. offensive and defensive. Played four years of high school football, two-way starter, three of those years. Uh, played in junior college for two years. Suffered one, I would say, regular concussion mm-hmm. uh, in junior college. Um, looking back at it now, uh, there was no sort of like protocol for it. And obviously it's one of the big problems that existed prior to all these new regulations. Yep. Um, but fortunately for me, I had not cracked the starting lineup, mm-hmm. you know, so I took a couple of days off of practice. Um, I did a lot of standing around mm-hmm. at practice my freshman year in junior college, uh, cause I wasn't involved in a lot of the stuff. Yep. Um, you know, so fortunately, I feel like I healed appropriately before any sort of like negative secondary concussion occurred or mm-hmm. was going back to physical contact uh, before I was ready to. So I think I kind of got lucky there. Yeah. Um, but then for the remainder of my career, which was two more years of college football and seven years of uh, semi-pro football, um, I did I'd suffered no head injuries. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of that is is as a lineman, you learn how to play with your hands and you keep your head out of the game. And that's a big that's a big part of what's going on now. So anyway. All the research that has come out recently, I'd say, and by recently, I mean in the last six, seven years. Yeah. Um, with all, I mean, and this is typically how these, you know, hot button issues happen is some one side of the pendulum swing comes out real hot. Yeah. Right. Um, and for, I think in this scenario, it's CTE, former NFL players are committing suicide because uh-huh. they're depressed and it's undiagnosed. Yeah. And Football's going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the, the don't the, do football because you'll, you'll get, get pregnant yeah exactly you'll get CTE die. and die yeah um, so that came out real hot and like a lot of the kind of like moderate rational scientific thinkers were like well let's look at the data that you're going off of and let's kind of like n- n- get some meta analysis going and like do other studies can we repeat this can we get people to come in and let us analyze them and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so the pendulum starts to swing back the other way and then finally from the higher levels from the NFL down kind of there was this recognition that, yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff that's maybe not good for our players and not good for our sport. Okay. Um, so there started to be some changes. And I think the high school organizations, like CIF especially, um, was very proactive in um, just limiting the amount of contact that players were allowed to have. Yep. And you get old school coaches who go, oh, they're changing the game. They're taking our game away. And, up, up, up. and one of my favorite sayings is adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Right. Do I wish we could still do, uh, you know, two, two hour double di- like double days in the dead heat of the summer and like still have that be OK? Yes. But that's a wish and it's a hope. Right. And a hope is not a strategy. Right. We need to protect our players um, and allow our coaches to be able to put them in positions to learn the sport, be successful in the sport, develop their skills in the sport, be competitive in the sport without causing like problems down the line, right? right? Health, like legitimate health concerns uh, later in life. Um, and fortunately here at San Marin, you know, like we have uh, Brendan Graber, who is our amazing physical trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives all of the, all of our athletes, regardless of sport, um, take a baseline concussion test prior to being allowed to compete or practice. Um, and I think that's a CIF rule now. Yeah. Um, so every athlete, regardless of sport, has to take concussion baseline test. And he's very good at uh, understanding and executing the return to play protocol for kids who do get concussions. In the four years I've been at San Marin coaching and the two years that I've been co-head coach, I think we've had like less than a concussion per year. Oh, that's great. Um, if you average it out on the varsity level. Yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, about the lower levels, but, um, you know, and it's because we, we follow the rules that mm-hmm. CIF has set for us to the letter. You know, yep. we have our, our two 45-minute sessions per week of full tackle. We typically reserve that for full team settings um, to make it as game-like as possible. Uh, we do a lot of drills on bags. You know, and we do limited contact drills against live opponents um, and all this stuff. And this is very clear language laid out by CIF, which is helpful yeah. right, for planning a practice. So um, so there's that. But uh, I got off track. I'm sorry. No, that's um, great. Because so I, the, the research, yeah. the research that's been done, um, one little nugget that I think got buried in kind of the most recent kind of uh, uh, back and forth argument about the, the, the safety of football, you know, um, I just think because like all the 
liberals and progressives, you know, when, when Barack Obama said, like, if I had sons, I wouldn't let them play football, they're all like, see, <laughs> Barack Obama wouldn't let his kids play football. If he had. You know, it's like, oh, whatever. All right. Um, uh, it's you know, confirmation bias. But anyways, um, this little nugget where there was a couple of similar studies done that kind of came to the same conclusion, which was basically about like timeline of exposure to potential head injury. Mm-hmm. And they got these like really as big a data set as they could of people who had played at least a little bit of football, like several seasons worth at least, like two, three seasons at least, if not a full career from like youth, middle school, high school, college a little bit, maybe even some pros, as many people as they could Uh get data on their brain function, have they had a concussion, et cetera, et cetera. And this little nugget of data came out where it was like the instance of people experiencing any sort of measurable head trauma, like an actual concussion um, in players, even players who played for a long time, who started around age 12 or older, like there was like a cliff in the data. It was like the the instance of head injuries in in kids who were kind of beginning puberty as they began playing football was like... like Very, very low. Way low compared to kids who started playing when they were way older Uh or way uh, younger, I should say. Um, I just thought that was so, so interesting. The implication of that data set would be start, if you want to have a kid play football, start them, start them after age 12. Exactly. Start them in 7th, 8th grade maybe if they yep. want to get some youth football in. I didn't start playing until I was in high school uh-huh. um, and I was able to play uh, fairly successfully in college. I played as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I mean, I made a joke about confirm- a confirmation bias a couple seconds ago, but I mean, I was like, this here, data makes sense to me here, because here I'm are, that data here, point. Here we are confirming your experience. Exactly. Uh-huh. I'm that data point. You know, like I've had uh, one concussion and mm-hmm. it, was just, it was just dumb. It was in a, uh, it was before practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was long snapping. It was just me, the, me as the long snapper, a punter, and then a punt returner. And just the three of us out there before practice messing around. I yep. snap it, the punter punts it. I'm running full speed down the field at the at this uh, kick returner, and um, and he goes to juke me as I go to try to tackle him, and he knees me in the ear hole. Yeah, and that's how it happened, right? Yep. And it's just it was dumb, it yep. was, and it was not something that a coach was telling us to do, right? Right, and so that that's also important too. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So there's you know I was like this makes sense to me, like this makes sense to me. So, um, you know, flag football is is rising, and the the rules and the way we teach the actual padded full contact version of the game is changing. Um, and I think that's going to make some positive uh, impact, you know, like sports in general. And I, I tell my, my football players this all the time, just just uh, football. The reason I love football so much is because, um, you know, you think about basketball, you got five aside, you can have a LeBron. Yeah. Right? And then it's really five on one, uh-huh. you know, and these four other guys who kind of help out, you know, like and you can do that in football. It's harder to do. Right, especially the, the. To be fair, LeBron's a great passer. He gets his teammates involved. That's uh, whatever. I choose. Right, okay. to, I choose to root against him. Passed on but that. I passed on that hair, hairline too. So. I, I respect the game. All right, yeah, respect. No, he's no, he's an absolute animal. He's a gener- like player of a generation. Like yeah. no, no, no shade on LeBron in terms of his skills as a basketball player. But I mean, you can even say like Jordan. Sure. You know, like yeah, he, yeah. he had a Scottie Pippen that's, and you know, he had, you know, more, like, that's a more fair. Comp- exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Like one single player who can just completely take over the game. Yeah. Right. James Harden. Yeah. Ball and, dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And like the, it, like the offense becomes, let's create space, right. Make so them, he can do his thing, cover us and like give him all this space to just be better than everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, in football, you do have those types of players, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, watching, some of the classic Barry Sanders runs yep. uh, or even going back to like the, some of the bears greats uh, just you know, making stuff happen. Walter Payton, Gale Sayers. Right. And there's just like, they get into the open field. It doesn't matter that there's five defenders in between them and the goal line. Uh-huh. They are going to just embarrass all five of them because they're that good. Yeah. But uh, a bunch of other stuff has to happen. And in football, like, Scoring is not, I mean, one score is nice, yeah. but then there's a whole bunch of effort that goes into trying to get another one. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like using the basketball reference again, just kind of going back and forth. It's a much more fluid game, much mm-hmm. more faster paced game. So in football, you've got, not only do you have 11 aside, you know, and, and I'll explain my, because well, when seen, I say. I've seen football before. Yeah. yeah. I understand. The 11, 11 aside, players. but like, but, uh, you know, soccer has 11 aside too. True. Right, and then here and here's the difference. You look at the the, the base skill set for like a soccer player, mm-hmm. right? And like sometimes you might move a midfielder up to attack or drop him back on defense and all that kind of stuff. It's all kind of the same: spatial awareness, mm-hmm. dribbling, passing, right? All that kind of stuff, shooting, yeah, to an extent. They all have the same skill set. 
right? And it's about how do you work together as a team and who are you going to put up on attack? Are you going to fall back on like all that? That's where the strategy lies, right? With football, you've got 11 aside and there's just these incredibly specific jobs that everybody has. Mm-hmm. It's much more complex, right? Like, and there's things that each position is allowed to do and not allowed to do. Yeah. Right. You have to wear specific numbers to indicate that this is the position I am, and and so that lets the officials know, like, you can't run down the field and catch a pass. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but they have a different job to do, and yeah. they all have to do the job. So you can have in in a football game, you can have ten of your eleven defenders do everything they've been coached to do. Um, do it exactly the right way within the scheme, within the strategy. One player makes a mistake, and and you get scored on. Right. Right. That's wild. That yeah. is absolutely wild to me. Yeah. And it works the other way too. Right. You can have everybody just be an absolute train wreck. Right. And then one player just extends this phenomenal effort to basically bail out the other ten players. You know? uh-huh. And and to me, that's that's one of the reasons I love football as a sport. So ninety percent. Ninety percent is not an A in football. No, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It is not, you know, and it's, uh, and it's, so it's important and it gives, especially younger kids, this, this idea that, um, I I can savor a role that might not be, um, outwardly understood, Uh right? I can work hard, you know, cause I was a lineman, I was an offensive lineman, right? I'm I'm an, I'm an O-line background. Those are the, the the big heavy guys that stop the quarterback from getting smushed, right? I'm familiar. Okay, cool. Um, this is for our listeners at home. Um, and, uh, you don't get stats, no. You don't get stats, no. right? And, and one of the kind of the old O-line sayings is um, uh, last to fame, first to blame, mm. right? Uh, the running back gets tackled for a loss. Oh, come on, O-line. You guys got a block. Uh-huh. All right, when really four guys did their job correctly and one guy maybe took a used the wrong technique, uh-huh. uh, stepped the wrong way, Was half mis- step in the wrong misheard the play, yep. or heaven forbid, just got beat by a better opponent. Yeah. Um, and it's like, all oh, you guys, you guys aren't doing your job, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. You know, or maybe they all did the the, the correct thing, and uh-huh. the running back didn't read the hole properly. Right, right. That kind of, you know, and that's just that's so wild to me. So they they take heavy flack, um, and they're kind of like a misunderstood position group. You know, mm-hmm. so as a kid, understand like this this is the job that nobody wants, but it's arguably one of the most important jobs. Yeah, right. Like our offense can't be successful if we as a group don't figure out how to work together and use the right techniques and. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, like all well, that. It you seems know. like yeah. offensive linemen tend to be like some of the most cerebral, yes, uh, players. Absolutely. Like most yeah. best read outside of the game. Absolutely, they do. Yeah, you listen to like interviews with some offensive linemen. <laughs> it's like, man, these guys are. Yeah. Well, through my rookie season, uh, I, was, I went back to Stanford to work on my PhD just right. in case. You know, highly like highly intelligent, yeah, absolutely highly educated, yeah, uh, bright intellectual people. Darn tootin', right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who also happened to be very large. Yeah, incredibly. Good at blocking people from hitting other people. Exactly. Um, Moving okay, so people against their will, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really good information to have yeah. about kind of the progress that we're making mm-hmm. in minimizing head injuries. Yeah. Um, and to be perfectly fair, like there is risk in absolutely Everything. every activity yeah. and specifically every sport activity. Yeah. One of the worst um, concussions still... I've ever heard about was a, a family friend of ours slipped in her bathroom. Mm. And got a concussion hitting her head on the yeah tiles. hard hard surfaces yeah rough bad uh, we it's were not looking, a sport <laughs> yeah we were we were looking at concussion data in our physics class cool. to think about forces of impact yeah. and time of impact and yeah. momentum uh, and women's ice hockey has by Oof. far the highest rate yeah. uh, among college athletes yeah which makes sense like yeah. very hard surfaces mm-hmm. and people throwing themselves around and, oh yeah yeah so Oof. Uh, but you know there is. A built-in risk to every activity. Absolutely. Um, and so, obviously, you try to I do. Just, the I don't best, like that as an argument because no, no, it, it no, feels. No, no, no. You try to do the best you can to to minimize that risk. Yeah. For every sport. Absolutely. Uh, and it's nice that football's making good progress. Yeah. And I, I also think, yeah. like. I really like a lot of our football players. Yeah. They're great. Really, Aren't they great kids? Really great kids. And I really like a lot of the parents. Yeah. Of our football players also, who have yes. their kids playing football, and so I totally respect that yeah. that component of it. Um, it's nice to get that background. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, since I do really like a lot of our football players, um, me too. and well, it's also having my kid not play football is an easy choice for me yeah. because unfortunately, unlike you, uh, I'm like five, seven, one forty, one forty five ish. So football slot I'm receiver, not, slot I'm, receiver. I'm yeah. not as built for football. Yeah. It was, you know, I came into high school more in the like five, four hundred pound range. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't the immediate, most obvious uh, sport for yeah. me to choose. And I would imagine my kids will probably uh, be of a similar size. Yeah, yeah. So you've created kind of a culture 
of football, yeah. specifically at our school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of that has to do with who you are as a person and uh, you know your priorities. You mentioned that you were like a sci-fi geek. Yeah. Uh, you teach health and have a very like progressive mindset yeah. in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if you could talk to us about like what are your football team priorities mm-hmm. and how does that manifest both on the field and specifically off the field? Okay, great. Yeah, so um, when my colleague Dom Damari, who's my co-head coach, uh, mm-hmm. we run the program together. Uh, when we took over, we kind of, one of the, or when we were handed the program, I should say, when we were uh, gifted this amazing thing, uh, one of the things we sat down and talked about right away was like, what are we going to expect from our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we want this to work? And uh, our amazing athletic director, Dennis Davis, he and I had had a conversation maybe like a month prior to that um, about how he had heard um, a college coach talking about, um, you know, rules, right? Team rules. Yeah. And, you know, that's a very old school thing. Like the, the beginning of the season, you put a contract in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. They sign the conduct contract yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Got to follow curfew. Exactly. Yeah, all this, no, no partying, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, um, and this coach had discovered that that created way more problems than it solved because there's always... You know, what if the kid says, uh, oh, that wasn't me at that party or, oh, like it was a he said, he said, she said, or right. hearsay, you know, well, and then it's class, like, then what do you Similar do? to classroom rules. Yeah, exactly. If you have a whole list of things that yeah. you can and can't do, yeah. there's no way that you're going to have everything on that list. Exactly. And then it also gets to a point where, um, you know, not every student athlete you have is the same. You know, yeah. they're all different. They need to be, they and they do need to be treated differently, not mm-hmm. in a bad way, not in a like... You have to put all this effort into really knowing each kid, but know that there are some kids who need really firm criticism. Mm-hmm. There are some kids who you need to compliment sandwich um, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then when it comes to what we expect out of them within our program, uh, we came up with this. I, I, we got this idea, me from Dennis Davis, and I brought it to Dom, and he got it from this coach that he heard speak, um, of standards, right? So if you have standards... This is what we expect of you as a San Marin High School football player. Mm-hmm. All right, you have chosen to take on that title, um, and that comes with some some uh, significant and very clear expectations mm-hmm. for behavior. Um, instead of no rule like no this, no that, no this. And right. if, you, if you break this rule, here's the punishment. And because yeah. if you do that, you really have to you you have to you have to do it. Right. The moment you waver and because you, it's a special case, yeah, can't. you lose all your credibility. Yep. And, right? and you put yourself in a hole yeah. where it's like, well, technically, coach, I didn't break any of your rules. Yes. Yeah. And then it creates You that didn't argument. have yeah. this specific thing yeah. and on so the, the rule. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you know you're not representing exactly. the program exactly. in the way that we want you to represent so the, the program. Yeah. You're not being your best self. Yeah. And it gets into these stupid conversations. Yes. Yeah. And then it takes arguing, away from arguing, coaching. Arguing technicalities, yes. which yeah. you're not here to do. You know, exactly. And so the, 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 the specific example this coach used was, um, you know, she had a contract where it was like, you know, no drinking during the season. These are college athletes, yeah, yeah. right? A teammate brought a, an Instagram photo to her of one of their team leaders at a party with a red solo cup in her hand. Uh-huh. Right? And it's like, oh, now I have to, I have to, that's, that's like the, the number one rule. Like you get cut from the team. Oof. Right? And so she had a, you know, like, here's this Instagram photo and I'm, I'm, I have to. I gotta revoke your scholarship and cut you, and yeah. and, and she starts crying. She goes, "Coach, no! Like that's, that's there's nothing in the cup. Like it's just water. Like I don't, you know." Yeah. And like that was kind of a watershed moment for this coach. Like this is, this is exhausting. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? hey, you, yeah. you don't know what's in the cup. Exactly. So you come up with standards um, that basically address all this stuff. So like like you were saying, it's like yeah, we're getting caught up in technicalities. Yeah. Having standards and making them simple and, and broad and easily repeatable. Um, kind of allows for all the wiggle room that you need to administrate, which is part of coaching, right? Yeah. If you're running a program, okay. So what kind are, of administrate? What are your team standards? Uh, commitment, integrity, and stewardship. Commitment, integrity, yeah. stewardship. Yes. Can you walk? Okay. So what does commitment look like? So what does commitment look like? Is the million dollar question, Nicholas Williams. All right. So uh, we tell the kids commitment looks like actually showing up. Right. We, commitment's not a verbal thing. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't tell people how committed you are. You show them what. Mm-hmm. you're committed to. Um, so if you say uh, that you are committed to keeping your grades up and yet you're late to first period 15 minutes every day because you go to Starbucks, well, you are showing us very clearly and with, with that Brooks very little argument that that isn't important to you. Right. Because if it was, you wouldn't be going to Starbucks and being 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. Or you'd be going to Starbucks 15 minutes earlier so you could get the class on time. There you go. Right? And, uh, you know, I'm committed to... Um, 
you know, being the best football player I can be, all right? Well, you're not playing any other sports. You know exactly when weight room sessions are. You know we take role, and you've always got some sort of excuse to not be there. So you are showing us very clearly, but with what you're choosing to physically do with your time, mm -hmm. you are not committed, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're just going to kind of like hope things work out and you're not going to have communication with your coaches, um, then that's, that's not a good look. It's not a good look for you, right? And it sounds and so, like that commitment yeah. piece yeah. both extends through the football program, on the field, off the field, Absolutely. and through the classroom Absolutely. and yes. in our community. Yes, yeah, when we talk about those three as aspects, academic, athletic, and then uh, as a community member. Um, you know, because it's, it's a pretty small, pretty small little neighborhood here, San Marin. Uh, yes. It's beautiful and lovely and cozy, yep. and I just love it here. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that's important, and we remind our kids that of that all the time. You know, it's like you, you, you're... You're a football player here, and people are going to know that. If you go, if you go over to Harvest and try to steal a sandwich, it's not this kid did this. It's one of those football players from San Marin did this. Uh huh. And that gets to our third standard, which is stewardship. But let's talk about integrity first. Right? Okay. So um, number one, commitment. Commitment. Number two, integrity. Yeah, and commitment. We just say show me. Right. Yep. Yeah. So in, in integrity, uh, are you familiar with the, uh, the the do good be kind movement? I am familiar with the do good, good. be so kind. That's kind of I'm big a big fan of the big fan, big yes. fan of the do, big, do good be kind. Movement. Absolutely. Um, so I was kind of thinking, uh, without just like straight stealing do good be kind, um, uh -huh. how do I work that into a standard, or how do we work that into a standard? Um, and we just thought about integrity, right? When you think about someone with integrity, um, they, they they do things that are right. Um, for the right reasons at the right times, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's not about um, being showy with it. You know, it's about like, this is the right thing to do. This is the right choice to make, and we're going to do that, right? So academically, that looks like, you know, prioritizing school and studying and getting your work done and respect for your teachers and being respectful to adults on campus mm -hmm. um, over, you know, partying, playing video games, whatever it happens to be. And... Uh, and then uh, athletically, um, you know, that's uh, doing everything the right way. No shortcuts, right? Don't be lazy at practice. Don't uh, miss practice because you're trying to, you know, go hang out with your friends or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, you know, so that's what integrity looks like. It's and very easy to determine that one. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. great way of phrasing it mm -hmm. because it's not like don't be disrespectful. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's like, no, 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 I was being disrespectful. It's just this person misunderstood. Yeah. And I feel like with something like integrity, yeah. you can have a pretty honest conversation about like, are you being your best self? Exactly. Uh, and yeah. I have, I've had that in like some uh, student meetings or mm -hmm. student parent meetings yeah. where the kid will start talking and it's like, oh, no, no, no. Well, what really happened was <laughs> in this particular case, I wasn't copying that or yeah. I wasn't the person who threw that thing at yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, time that's, out. That's not what we're talking about right now. All right. Yeah. Student. Yeah. Have you been your best self? I love it. In the last two weeks? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So do we need to clarify yeah. all the detail? Do you feel like you're putting in your best effort? Yeah. No. Have you made good choices? <laughs> I've made some good choices. You have. You've made good. some good choices. Some. Have you made... Mostly all or the good all. choices. Yeah, there we go. No. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. We don't need Moving to worry about all the there. details. Yeah, Let's go. think about how you can do better with those things. Yeah. Love it. Um, so it's not like, well, in this particular case, it was actually James who threw something, yeah. not this person. It was yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take ownership of what we can take ownership of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ownership is a big part of integrity, right? This and, and the. I say this more in the classroom. I say this. Uh, I, I remind my football players of this when it when it's appropriate, when it's in my mind. But um, it, it's always your choice. Yeah. Right. It, all the choices you made are yours. Sometimes you don't have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might not feel empowered to make certain choices, but those choices still exist. Yeah. What I, and again, getting back to commitment and showing people, right? Those are choices that you make. Totally. Right. And you're responsible for that. And that's a big theme in health class too. But um, all right. So commitment yeah. number one: integrity. integrity. And stewardship. Stewardship. My stewardship favorite. is the it's the probably the least used this. term. Mm -hmm. Commitment and integrity have a pretty good gauge of. Yeah. Stewardship is a really interesting phrasing. Yeah. What does and stewardship I, I feel, mean or look like? Yeah. So I feel very strongly about this one. This was kind of my my almost like my pet one, uh -huh. if you will. But um, you know, we were thinking about we wanted three, right? Three things for three standards. Yeah. Um, That's a good one because. If you have between three and five, yeah. you can remember them. Yeah. 
and you can actually hold to them. Yes. If you have more than five priorities, you yes. don't have any Water priorities. Down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you have less than three, then you can't really. Yeah, say it doesn't much. cover enough stuff. Yeah, yeah so exactly, three is yeah. three is a nice middle ground. Yeah, so three is good. So we're trying to think of something about. God, I can't remember. It was like a TED talk or just a guy. Talk. It was like some high school principal somewhere in the Midwest, and it was a similar size community to San Marin, and he was talking to incoming freshmen about, um, you know, if they're struggling and if they're worried, if they're lost, if they're confused, find a kid with a football jersey on. Find a kid wearing a football shirt. Find a kid wearing a letterman's jacket. They are the best kids we have on this campus, hmm. right? And and they and they pu- actively push their football players and to to be leaders, yeah. right? And to take care of their brand, right? Um, you know, a kid who goes to this high school has these qualities, and everybody in the community knows it. Mm-hmm. And the football players, because football is always in the limelight, right? Yeah. It's always a, a big topic. Um, you know, people who play football, especially in smaller communities, like they're under a microscope. Yeah. Right. So if they're being committed to their communities, to their school, to their mm-hmm. athletic pursuits, and they're acting with integrity in all things, that creates a brand worth protecting. Mm-hmm. Right. So the stewardship aspect is basically protect the brand. Right. Um, you know, you, you you were probably a big fan of all the the John Hughes movies from the eighties and Pretty in Pink and, and I wasn't. I didn't really watch TV or movies. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. But the I one was, thing I always I think was a of. sheltered, un, unknown <laughs> kid in the hills of Oakland. Yeah, oh, good times. Um, okay, so so in all of those movies, it's like that you can you can guarantee almost that um, one of the villains or a villain will show up who invariably oh, yeah. is the 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 starting quarterback for the, the football bad, team. The bad bully football player. Yeah, who's just an absolute jerk. Yeah. Classic bully. Um, you know, well, mean to the nerds, you know, all that kind of stuff. Football players tend to be big people too. Exactly. Big yeah, people yeah, are yeah. scary. Exactly. So, um, and, I, and I think that there's a whole, there's several generations worth of people for whom that trope is very real because yeah. maybe they had an experience in high school where some football player pushed them into a locker mm-hmm. or trash canned them or said something mean to them, you know, yep. something like that. And if I'm going to be responsible for helping to run an already respected football program, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to make damn sure that that's not the, that's not the case for us. Yep. Right. Um, so, you know, stewardship is a way to talk to our kids about, are we being the best example of what our community has to offer? Um, in terms of our young people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if that's not the case, that's not stewardship, right? If you're watching somebody get picked on and you don't intervene and you're a bystander, um, is, that, is that making sure everybody on campus is having a good time? Is that, is that protecting everybody's experience here? Um, and that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like being the cool big brother yep. for every single person mm-hmm. um, that you come across, Right. And again, just like integrity, it doesn't have to be showy. Um, and like, I just, I really hope we get to a point. We're working towards it. We're getting, we get cl- a little bit closer every year to where, you know, our football players especially feel empowered to stand up when even one of their peers, who is also a football player, is doing the stuff we don't want them to do. Uh-huh. You're at a party, and one of your teammates pulls out a jewel, right? How are we going to react? Slap it out of his hand. Well, that's. Maybe, maybe not quite that big. Yeah, no, no cap. That is straight up what I would have done in that scenario when I was in high school. That's why I was not very popular. Um, uh, that's why I hung out with like theater kids and not athletes. But um, yeah. anyways, uh, you know, like, and that's, that's one way to do it. Like yeah. if that feels like the right thing to do, but you could also just go put your hand on it and be like, and literally say like, is, is this integrity? Right. I want that. Like I'm, I envision the kids using this language with each other at some point. Um, so is this language that you repeat? Really uh, yes. frequently, yes. At practice, yes. At film exactly. session, remember well, this is what we're asking you guys, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. And I think maybe, um, I mean, a, I think it's working. Yeah, it's oh, not nice. perfect. Yeah. No, nothing like, is. Our football players, How boring you know, life be. Occasion- occasionally, will continue to make poor choices. Indeed, as many of our students and adults, yes, will occasionally do. Indeed. Um, but I feel like one symptom of it working uh, was this year for homecoming. Uh, our homecoming king mm-hmm. was a avid student yep. and offensive lineman and offensive on the football lineman. team. Yes, I think indeed. he's the first in his family to go to college. I believe so. Yeah. If he's an avid student, that yeah. seems likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and just genuinely a lovely, kind, a wonderful nice person. Yep. Uh, and you can always, like, our, our homecoming, I mean, 
some people might say like well that's kind of classic right yeah homecoming king is the football player yeah. and then homecoming queen's probably the cheerleader yeah weirdly our school doesn't tend to follow no, that yeah. uh, that path love that. like our homecoming kings and queens are like kids in band yeah or like super artsy yeah. awesome kids Absolutely, or yeah. um kids in our special ed department mm-hmm. Uh, or kids who identify as gay or lesbian yep. or transgender. Yeah. Uh, like we, it's it's kind of spectacular going year to year to year. Yeah. You go back like the last five years, mm-hmm. and it's like whoa! It feels like we've hit almost every, every single possible like, yeah, subgroup yeah, on absolutely. campus, especially the so ones great. who are with less opportunity or yeah. more at risk or whatever. Um, have been our homecoming king and homecoming, homecoming queen. queen. Yeah, absolutely. And so I kind of love that tradition. Yeah. Um, and our homecoming king last year was uh, one of my avid students, and yeah. so I was fired up to have another avid student yeah. uh, be homecoming Put king. Put on the crown, yeah. Right, but he was also an offensive lineman for the football team, Yeah, this year, and yeah. he seems to really uh, own that integrity piece yes. and that stewardship piece. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. it seems like the other students on campus recognize that in yeah. him. All right. Uh, so I, you know, I think that's a testament to our that piece working. All right, thank you. Uh, not that that's the only thing that's working it's for nice him. Nice to hear that from a colleague. But yeah. that's a component yeah. of what's working yeah. for him. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, thank you so much, of Mr. Course. Corey Boyd, for coming on, chatting health, chatting football, uh, letting keep, us know how, how curriculum <laughs> is is updating and how we can create positive situations for yeah. our students and athletes. Absolutely. Boom. Can we end it with a high five? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There it is. That's crisp. That's a good one.